What's going on, everybody? This is Ezra McNeil, and you're now listening to Real Talk with Ezra. This is the third episode, and I'm on spring break. Grove Virginia State's on spring break. So I came back home to Long Island, New York. Shout out to Westbury, Nassau County. Go Dragons. Uh, and I am at my house, and the special guest that I have is my mommy. Um, she is such an amazing person. She has, she's an author, uh, a great cook, uh, soon to be having a PhD in divinity, uh, at Brooklyn Seminary. Uh, shout out to that school. Um, so hey, mom. Hey, Ezra. How are you? Hey, Parkin. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the episode is called "Mommy Knows Best," okay. right? And. I think that this generation, my generation, we think that we know it all um, mm-hmm. when it comes to relationships, <laughs> um, maybe, you know, having our having our ducks in a row, mm-hmm. you know. So first question would be like, what do you think are some things? No, first of all, why do you think that we think that we know it all? Because I, I it's the generation in which you live in. Everything is technical. Everything, it's a Google. Everything, it's um, technology-driven, whereas you, you know, a touch of a button and it's there. People are not thinking anymore. They're relying too much on technology and not really relying much on life itself. Mm-hmm. Um, get, don't, don't get me wrong. I can only speak for myself. I can speak for, you know, my peers, my circle, but people that I engage with, conversations that we have about all of our children, where all of our children stand in the diversity of um, how people or their children are responding to life now in general. Mm-hmm. Um, from my age at 49 to, you know, some of my friends that are now 60, you know, they have grandchildren. Thank God, you know, I don't have any grandchildren. So right. I'm dealing with a 21-year-old college student. Um, so I can talk about what my development um, with you have been and what my prayer for you has been as a mother um, as well as your pastor. Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, we're living in a generation now where, you know, all of you, the generation, the millennials and all of that, they, you know, everything is with a quick, fast, in a hurry. Um, you want it overnight. There has never been any uh, seeds planted where you have earned the rights for some things. Mm-hmm. Some have been given to them, you know, handed to them. They've never had to work to to, to, to build anything or it has been inherited to them in another form. So with that comes certain, the idea of certain privileges that you think that you are entitled to that because of what we have given to you, whether some parents have given it to their children because of what they did not have mm-hmm. and they wanted their children to do better and to do more. But with that was the absence of discipline, honor and respect and integrity that comes with you wanting your children to do better. Mm-hmm. I believe that all parents want their children to succeed greater than what they do. Even right. that's what it calls according to the scripture. But if you're not giving them the full rounded life experience of character development, skill sets, integrity, things that are going to also keep you where you're going and open doors for you where you want to go, then there there's an imbalance of, you know, why you're thinking the way you think that you can have what you have and know what you know and all of that compared to really, you really don't. Mm. 
Wow. That was a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I never thought it like that. But I think... I, Let's just take you. Okay. I knew it. It was coming. <laughs> Okay. I'm just saying, if you're going to be no, transparent, yeah, let's be transparent. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real talk. If you're okay. going to talk real, let's talk real. And you okay. know I keep it, if y'all, like yeah. y'all say, 100 all right, day long. Right, right, okay. There are many days that I've said certain things to you, and I needed to make sure that you got it. Mm-hmm. Because I know what life is. I know what life is going to treat you. Now, don't get me wrong. Did I try to shelter you from a lot of things? Absolutely. But I wanted to give you the sheltered life in the sense of being sound and foundation, mm-hmm. but then in the same token, try to give you enough skill set and wisdom on how to handle confrontation circumstances. Now, you hold know? up, hold up. Mm-hmm. When she talks about me being sheltered, the first time I went to the park by myself was like ninth grade. <laughs> Just keeping that in mind. So I've been sheltered only staying in the in the yard not necessarily because yes. you were the only child so there was not really in, there was not even even children in your in our neighborhood that I was had, your age I had AJ across the street Dude, until he moved really AJ? yes yes AJ really AJ I miss you AJ okay yes he was my only friend until okay. he left okay but it's true okay all right it's true uh, and some others you know but I mean yeah but back to back to so you know um but it was again i saw things in other people's children that i didn't want you to adapt that character Mm -hmm. you know we can train the bible says train up a child in the way they should go and when they get old they will not depart that does not mean that it won't happen but if i don't instill in you foundational principles even if you stray you will not go so far that you will never come back to your roots of what you know right Okay, so even if it was just hypothetically an AJ, Mm -hmm. okay, if AJ didn't have any books coming home from school to study, if AJ didn't have other good quality friends that he was hanging around, no, I didn't want Ezra hanging around AJ because that was not an influence. And when you leave out of the doors of your house and you go into the world place, you are influenced by other peers and other people's ways of thinking. And if it's something that it becomes or seems to be a negativity i don't want that to be a part of you because my life dream and goal is is to impart success into you so as a parent again your parents always want you to do more or your parents should want you as your children to do more and Mm -hmm. greater so what you're doing now i'm applauding i'm your biggest fan thanks i'm the president (laughs) of your fan club all day long you know i have supported you from when you were the president in elementary school and your whole campaign you know i have groomed you to be who you are today. So mm-hmm. I can now sit back and put my hands up and be like, yo, let him do his thing. Let him make his mark. Let him make his own moves. But I help you strategically from a distance as a now parenting you as a 21-year-old differently than I parented you when you were five. Right. And some children today are still acting five. Right. And can't be parented at 21. Yeah, sadly. that That is true. That is, that is because true. Because there has been a break in a, in a fracture in the development of family at large. No matter if you came from a one-parent home, mm-hmm. whether, and we talked about this the other day, you know, when your father and I divorced, it was wisdom for me to get you counseling, to be proactive with the possibilities of what could potentially happen mm-hmm. had I not. Because these are times and moments when... If you will, I'm going to put it on the religious side. The enemy comes in mm-hmm. to take our youth. Right. So now anger, resentment, 
All of those things can be embedded. Why? Because your father's not in the house anymore. Right. The mother now has to become the mother and the father to one, two, four, ten children. There is a responsibility that this mother now has that she did not ask for that mm-hmm. was put on her because of her circumstance. But children don't understand the circumstance of why this happened. They only see what didn't happen and the lack thereof. Right. You understand that? Yeah. I and, guess I could say, like, I mean, I was angry when um, when you guys got divorced. I would. I didn't know. Right. I didn't know really. Right. But I, I was I was angry and I didn't I didn't want to uh, you know, go to Jersey mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, right. with him. Um but until that, that day that he called and apologized to me, that was when, you know, I felt like, yeah, he needs to be like I want him back in my life because But what I never did and what I never did, I never spoke negatively against him, right. about him, to you or anybody else. Right. When I did hear people, you know, when you were in their presence and they were making jokes about him or whatever the case is, I put it into it. I still defended him, no matter what, because no one knows the marriage except for he and I. Mm. You know? So your outward your outward opinion did not matter because you were not in the core of what was going on. No one really knows what's going on with he and I. Now, whether he tells the truth about it or not, that's his business. Mm -hmm. But the truth still remains. I had to make sure as a mother, as a parent, that you, especially as a male child, was not broken. Because why? My prayer for you is that you will grow up to be someone else's husband. Mm -hmm. I will not have you treat another woman's daughter the way in which your father treated me. Mm So what I had to do was to be able to be proactive, get you counseling so that you can express your feelings, so that you become a whole individual, love you at home as your mother, to be a woman of an example to the type of wife that you would want to have, Mm -hmm. and therefore help develop you to become a productive citizen of society. And that's what this generation lacks that understanding and that connection. Mm. And I always told you, because your father and I didn't work, doesn't mean that family does not work. Mm. Family always works. It's the decisions on we that we make on who we're going to get with to be family. Mm. That's why these, you know, these young people today, you know, you'd rather be someone's baby mama than to be somebody's wife. But what they don't realize is there's more power in being a wife than it is to be somebody's baby mama. Right. Wow. When 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 you talk about um family, do you think that that sometimes families, you know, don't don't mesh well because of like the inner demons of of those like individuals? Absolutely. Like, not... It's called family curses and generational curses. Okay. Absolutely. There is everybody has some type of hidden secret. Right. Most families don't want to be transparent enough to confess their hurt and despair in what has happened. Mm. Let's take our own family. You know that your grandmother says that she was raped. Mm. And that's how I was born. Now, if I lived according to society's standard, and if I didn't have the grandmother that I had, I could have become a statistic. Mm. When I found out in the fourth grade, that the man that raised me mm-hmm. was not my biological father. I could have become resentful, right. belligerent, angry, rebellious, obstinate, defiant, oppositional, all of those things. 
But because I had a grandmother that did not allow those things to happen, she, in a way, in her grandmotherly way, Mm -hmm. stepped in to a place that gave me an identity, Mm. which is crucially important. And most people do not get an identity. So that tragedy that, quote unquote, was happening. Now, mind you, everybody else in the family kind of sort of knew something happened, but didn't know what happened. Then it was, you know, a variations of stories on what actually happened compared to what my mother said happened. So who am I to believe? Mm. So I had to get into a place as I was growing and understanding. I confronted her about it. Mm-hmm. And I watched her face when I asked her the question. And I've always been that child that didn't have a filter on their tongue. And I'm like, just tell me the truth. What is it? And let me just deal with it in my own way. Let me keep moving. You know, for me, the truth is the truth, regardless of whatever it is. And so just by her response, it's like, "Mm, okay, can I really believe this? Can I not? So long story short, fast forward, I dealt with it because I needed to be a whole individual. Mm. I needed more out of life than what that could have given me. And me wind up being a teenage pregnant mother as well and making unwise choices and decisions that will ultimately alter my life too. So again, my grandmother played a great part in it. My grandfather played a great part in it. Just as when we got, your father and I got divorced, your grandfather played a great part in the male mentoring in who you are. Your uncle Ricky played a great part in that. And when you, before he passed away, in that. So you at least had, you had uh, Richard, you had a couple of men that, that gave you that male influence in the absence of a father until I remarried. Mm-hmm. And then when I remarried, then this man became a father to you and has done more for you than your biological father did. Mm. So you have always had the blessing of the undercurrent of a male influence to help you, the 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 the, the men of the, the fraternity, uh, Alpha Phi Alpha no, fraternity. No, 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 not yeah. n- no, no, not just them. Oh, I'm talking about Mister, um, Doctor, um, here when you went on the college tour. There were alphas, yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. So, um, them and and spending time with them, they gave you things that a woman cannot give a man. Mm-hmm. So, no matter how much women say I raised a son, you can never raise a son. Because you're not a man. You will never encounter the things that men encounter. You can only say or raise your son to be the man that you wish you had. Mm -hmm. But you can never know what it's like to be a man because you're not. And only another man can speak into another man's life to give another man what he needs to become a man. So Mm -hmm. you have to become from being born male to a boy to a man. Mm -hmm. And some of these young men now are still stuck in malehood mm-hmm. and have not matriculated into manhood yet. Do you feel that, you know, with with malehood, you know, womanhood and all that, with those who aren't in their lives, that they lean towards social media and television a Absolutely. lot? Too much. Mm-hmm. Way too much. I hate television in the sense of, I call it ratchet TV. Right. You know, because there's nothing there that is positively influenced. What are you gaining from love and hip hop? I was about to say the the ratchet show she's talking about, you know, love and hip hop, 
all the, all those love and hip hop the, the what bad you, girl you, club yeah, all those reality you, television what, series what positivity <clears throat> and i say that too because these people now are watching and they're trying to live this life off camera and on camera mm-hmm. what what has cardi b can tell me in my life where you went from being on a pole to still sleeping in the rap game, still doing the same thing. You just making different kind of money. Well, I mean, she's with some. She's no, no. Hear what I'm saying. You know. So I know because I keep hearing how she's such a big influence. What influence is she? I think I think when they talk about Cardi B, she's the influence on how she was like the only one from Love and Hip Hop who actually like has been successful. Meaning like she she was on the on the show, you know, being a stripper or whatever. Then. She everybody on the show was rapping, including herself. But with her music and stuff, she was the only one that made it out, or people actually heard her music. That's 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 what I think. I'm not saying she's influential to me, but I can respect her hustle because she she's like literally the only one from Live, Love and Hip Hop, in my opinion, that made it out. And it was she she's been nominated for a Grammy or okay, for but, awards but, now, but, you know? but but she's still doing the same thing. At the end of the day, she just did it differently. That exposure got her right. to another level, but she's still involved in the same process. Yeah, so it's not right. like she stopped that and founded another organization to mentor young women and to get herself some English classes to speak intelligently, to be able to engage, to say, I stopped doing this component that made me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to now recycle that money mm-hmm. and put it someplace else. I'm not even saying that you got to go back to your community. Because there is a plethora of children around this world that need somebody and need someone to love them and to help them and to grow them and impart into them. Mm-hmm. Okay? So even all of that. So what I'm saying is you're still involved in the same process. You're just getting different types of notoriety. Mm. So what success in the context of what success is, how is that successful is the fact that I can look up to her right. as a living example to say, oh, I want to be like her. So you're saying that success is is more of Would something... you marry her? Uh, no. No. Why? Uh, she She's not my type. Is she an example of a woman that you would bring home to your mother? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, she's funny, you know. No. Okay, no, I'm just saying. Just, you know. just hear what I'm here. Hear where I'm going. Yeah. Because you want to know everything that that about you, what we do, social media posts, all that type of stuff mm-hmm. is going to be here forever. Right. Are you doing anything that eventually will shame yourself and your children mm-hmm. against you later on down the line? Is she someone that again? And I'm just using her as an example because he is more than just her around. Right. You know what I'm saying? Are is that example of someone that you say that what these younger I want to be just like her, so you just want to grow up and be a stripper? She well, she was a stripper. You, you, you know what I'm saying, but it started somewhere. Mm-hmm. It started somewhere, so she went from stripping again to now being in the hip hop game again, which still constitutes the same thing because he still remember I was in music for 25 years. I know what they do. Mm-hmm. I work secular and non secular, so I already know. Well, I mean, I could say for for some people, and where they come from, they 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 have to, you know, do those types of you know odd jobs so they can make it out. So it's like she didn't stay there, 
all granted that it is like, you know, in the same quote unquote realm, but she made it out, you know? So that's, that's what, um, I was saying, but I, okay. I, I, I totally, you, you yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um, going back to what we was first talking about, um, with my generation or, you know, millennials and stuff like that. Um, they are, we think that we know it all. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you think that we, that we have a, a sort of a, that, that we think that we know it all. Like if you could say one or two or three things let me, that. Let me say this. I'm not going to say that technology has not evolved. I'm not going to say that wisdom has not evolved. I'm not going to say knowledge has not evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and my perception for my generation is different than your perception for your generation. Mm-hmm. But always remember that nothing necessarily is new under the sun and that there is um, a difference in how we approach things because Everything is the same. Fashions is the same style. It's just different for for that next generation. Right. You know, again, circumstances are the same. They just come packaged in a different form. You know, relationships. Who if you getting if if uh, are you getting with this person that's not good for you? Okay, well, you just you know change his name from Jimmy to John, and but he's still the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he just may have cleaned himself up just a little bit differently. But at the root of it, if it's the same abuse, it's the same abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, so the wisdom is I've been that person to have learned from watching others so that I don't make the same mistake. Same, same. And a lot of young people do not want to listen. Mm. They feel if I tell you something that either, oh, you talking down to me. Yeah, like they don't, they don't take um, constructive criticism. And it's not even constructive criticism. It's just life experience of what teachable lessons mm-hmm. you know you understand what i'm saying yeah. so teachable lessons you have to be able to be teachable right. but because when you're wearing you know this hardcore life on your shoulders because life threw you a situation and circumstance and again back to the home when your parents did not help you deal with it and process it now you can't emotionally digest it and you don't know what you what to do so you don't know how to process it you don't know how to divide it you don't know how to separate it and now mm-hmm. you become an angry person too Mm. So now you feel that that anger and bitterness that was rooted in you from a child now becomes a mountain as an adult. Mm. And every time you engage with people, situations, you get frustrated, you get angry, you start cussing, you start throwing things. Your inward part of who you are begins to show. And the thing that we don't want to acknowledge are the inward parts of who we are. Because then that means we have to admit, I'm broken. Right. I... I think that, um, I think that us, what well, people in general, mm-hmm. should start doing that. You know, showing that, like, and it's okay. It's okay, it's, and there is help. Right. So I, I don't, cause I, I know I can say for myself, like, I'm, I'm prideful. You know, sometimes I, I don't want help. I know. Right. And um, how much do I get on you about that? But I'm trying. Ezra, but I'm the trying house to be is better. Burning down. You are. I'm trying to prevent you. And you are. Well, mom. And then now is the twelfth hour. Now you call in, and I feel I have to be Mama Bear to come to your rescue. Mm-hmm. And there are many times that I'm like, well, I just need to let the house burn down. Right. Because it seemed like you don't get it any other way. But I, I guess I could. I know I'm not the only one that when it, you know, is prideful. But I think in my case is that I feel like. I could do it all. And 
in some cases, I have done it all, you know, with without the help of my mom yes. or, or people around me. Right. So I feel like as as just second nature, like, yeah, I could get anything done. Mm-hmm. My my dad even said that. that no, that, but that is she, a belief. Yeah, she, he, he said, we was in the car one day, and he was like, Ezra, your faith is so strong, but sometimes you need that extra that extra lifeline or or extra call to help so i know for it's just being proactive yeah i I will i will never say that um you are incapable of doing anything Mm -hmm. and see again my relationship with you for all these 21 years is different now than his relationship with the last three Mm. so he sees you now he didn't see you the before He doesn't know about the times and days and stuff, Ezra, you know, get this done, the procrastination and all the other hindrances and things, because I know that procrastination is a deep root negative in this, in our family. Mm -hmm. And so from me to you, to get you not to be that, I have to be on you a lot harder, but then I seem like I'm the bad parent. Mm -hmm. And that's only because I know the great success that is in you. And the leader that is embedded in you that can be that can come out. But if I don't teach you and develop it in you, it will never be seen Mm. and you will never grow into that leader that I know that you are. So now for him to see what you're doing now is the after effects of what I've been teaching you for 21 years. I just want to say one thing. Um. Uh, I know she's talking like saying a lot about me, but I know I'm not the only one out there that you know has been in these situations or has a mom and a dad and a stepdad and family members like that so this 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 episode is you know for all those that feel like me that you know that thinks that we know the way but we really don't but we're coming to a circumstance with ourselves within ourselves that we need to understand what we know and what we don't know and what we are striving to know about. Listen, I understand that there are some that are out there that are not able to approach their family like you and I have, Mm -hmm. like you and I dialogue. I've always kept it, you know, real with you all of your life because I never wanted you to be deceived about life. Mm -hmm. Life happens, Mm -hmm. but how you respond and perceive it is something different, which will ultimately give you the choice on what you do. I know that there are many that do not have that kind of relationship with their parents, as unfortunate as it is. But if I may be the only one on this planet that all your friends and and everybody come to to get the real truth, then so be it. Then that's what I'm called to do. Well, I, I can say for, for me, like, you know, we, we have great dialogue, yes. Um... But there's been some instances that I didn't want to tell you stuff because I thought that, like, I didn't want to be bashed. And, and I I didn't want you to be embarrassed of me, you know, for my wrongdoings. And I, I know I'm not the only the only but child have that... have I ever made that... that you know, have I ever put that false pressure on you, though? No, no, you haven't. I think, I think just within myself, I'd be like... Oh man, like right. she, she can't find out about this. This this like is <laughs> and it's is probably bad. something I probably didn't even not know, but I didn't maybe I didn't feel that I needed to address it. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because there 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 
that again, that's that. Because I remember you were like, well, mom, I'm going to need you. You're always going to be my mom. Yes, I'm going to forever be your mother. But I have to learn that you have to learn some things as you're growing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to agree with every decision that you make. But I'm here to be that voice to help you reason your decision if you want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, you have to make your choice and decision for what you have to do for you. I will never leave you, nor will I never, never not be your mother. But at the same token, if I... If I'm giving you an answer for everything, what number one, what are you going to do if I'm if the Lord calls me home? Oh, shoot. No. Uh, number two, are you <laughs> how are you going to be able to think on your own and process if all all you hear is me telling you what to do all the time? Mm-hmm. So and then what you are experiencing as a man, I can't speak to. Mm-hmm. You may have to talk to another man about that. Right. So I had to, I remember I said, I have to parent you now at 21. Mm-hmm. So now our dynamics change. I can't parent, parent you now as a child. I have to trust you're making the right decisions and look at how you're doing it. And then now, oh, hey, no, that definitely is not a right, wise choice for you to make. Mm-hmm. Like, did you really count the costs and weigh the factors of this next decision? We're talking about graduate school now. You know, mm-hmm. what are your, these are your options. This is what, so again, whether it be relationship, you shared something with me recently and did we not have a conversation? Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you gave me the reasons why and you get, okay. So before you start putting labels on stuff, labels comes responsibilities. Right. You know, are you, are you sacrificing yourself for this? Mm-hmm. You know, so I always have talked to you. Um, straightforward one-on-one so that, again, life does not take you by surprise, but that there is always some kind of preparedness within you. Do I always think you get it? Absolutely not. Do I always pray that you get it? Absolutely. And I pray God's covering on you all the time. (laughs) All the time. Because there are just some days I'm like, God, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work out, but Lord, just cover him right now so I know that you're safe. Mm. Because at the end of the day, I need to know that you're okay. And I need to know that once I know that you're okay, then I'm good. Well, thank you. Um, Absolutely. Um, So I think we've been talking about, you know, being a mom, parenting and stuff like that. Um, You being, you, you, you know, raised me basically alone. Pretty much. Um, What could you say to those I guess in my generation that you know that have, um, that have children, and and are by themselves. Like what what are some as things in that, your age that have children or yeah, that are and, your age that are coming from single parent households. Either either or. I mean, at the end of the day, if if you if you're twenty one, seventeen, you have a child and you're not able to raise, especially being away from campus. I don't know if you have anybody that's on campus that you know that allowed to have their children with them. Mm-hmm. Be the best you can be. Recognize what what decision you made that caused you to be in this situation. Mm-hmm. But now know that you don't have to be the circumstance of your situation. Right. You can always change your dynamic. You can always change your process. Mm-hmm. You don't have to become what people think you will because you saw five generations of women in your family become that. 
And that's, I believe that we get stuck in those patterns where we, you know, my mother got pregnant at 15, my grandmother got pregnant at 15, my great grandmother got pregnant at 15. Now you have three generations. Now here I go, I get pregnant at 15 and you already have three generations of women that just got stuck angry in life because now they did not do anything with themselves because they became teenage parents unprepared. But something in you said, but I don't want to be this because someone spoke that into your life somewhere or other, whether you heard your teacher say it mm-hmm. or or a mentor or someone right. or someone in conversation said to you, you don't really have to. This circumstance doesn't have to be who you are and this doesn't have to be the end all be all of your life. And you chose to go to school. I applaud that all day long, mm-hmm. you know, so now take that and move and progress with it. Have your vision of what you want to see for yourself. Learn whatever it is. Always iron sharpens irons and you need to have your skills developed. Be the most impeccable, phenomenal individual that you can be. Learn If it's law, learn the law the best so that you can be the top. It's, it's what you want to perceive of yourself as well. When we have... A, uh, when we don't have a clarity of our perception on who we are, we still become jaded in the things that we want to do. We can always say all day long, oh, I want to be this. I want to be that. I want, I want, I want to, and never progress mm-hmm. to becoming what you say you wanted to do. And mm-hmm. now you look back over all your life and you are still stuck in the same place you left. Like the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. The shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Right. And what is that? Procrastination encompassed with fear because you are scared to advance. Why do you think that people are scared? Some people are fear of change. Okay. Perfect example. You we know how you know um how we've heard people uh say disparaging things against people that quote unquote are supposed to be so affluent compared to people that live in the hood, right? Right. Okay. So you know how and for example my mother in law, she you know, when I met my mother in law, she was like, Oh, you're Miss Park Avenue. And I really would kind of, I wasn't, wasn't offended by it because I understand why you said it because I live in Long Island. So mm-hmm. people have this thing about Long Island, you know. Yeah, Long <laughs> Island is not the, well, we're, where we're, we're at. Yeah, we're, it's, pretty, it's okay. Yeah, it's all right, know? but it's still. But, you know, it's, like, it's another city. Right. It, the only thing we got is grass <laughs> and fences. Trees. But besides, uh, in comparison to, to the boroughs, like we just have we got grass, grass and trees, <laughs> That's and they it. got concrete, right? And they got apartment buildings and a little uh, tree in the front of of their they window. Got the corner yeah, right. You know, we actually got grocery stores. Yeah, like that's the only difference. You know? So stop disrespecting Long Island. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm mm-hmm. saying, but you know, and she's living in an apartment all her life. So mm-hmm. it's like, um, so my my opinion of her, which I've always said to her, was the fact that you are you are against people that have more. Now, it was not the fact that you couldn't because she worked a full-time job till retirement. Mm. Her husband, my husband's parents married, raised their kids, working class all their life. Mm-hmm. Okay? So why are you so different or indifferent towards someone else's life and lifestyle compared to yours when you could have had the same thing? What? You chose not for some things not to do. You know, because you was comfortable being who you are. Well, again, I chose to live in a place where it afforded me more opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I don't have that same mindset as she does. 
compared to what my generation, I've always lived in suburbia. I lived in Westchester County. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I went, you know, to Mount Vernon High School. I, 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 I've always lived on the good, what they call the good side of town. Quote unquote. You know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I lived with more, again, People got off the school bus and had book bags, and we came home and did homework. Mm-hmm. I wasn't hanging out with the other crowd on the south side of town, which was, that's what they were known for, mm-hmm. you know, um, most of them, a lot of them, some of them, um, and and hung out on the street and on the corner all day Money long. When you in Mount Vernon. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't do that. Yeah, I was in school with Heavy D, the boys, and, and Pete Rock, and I went to high school, all of them, right. you know, so, but I wasn't, you know, we were friends in school. We went from elementary school, middle school to high school together. You know, some of them became success stories. Mike Phillips is a world-traveled musician. Love him. You know, then some are, they went to law school. They became lawyers. Some became doctors. Some became other things or whatever. Some still lived there. Some moved away. They had a reunion not too long ago. So everyone is doing well for what I saw of my generation. Mm-hmm. But in the same token, so people have these concepts of if you live in a certain way, in a certain area, <laughs> that you got to be doing a certain thing. Listen, I... Again, you've seen people live in, if you will, the hood, wearing all the high fashions, and you living in the projects. Does that make sense? Mm. So it's all about your perception. Does it make them bad people? No. No, not at all. No. Not at all. But it's people's perception of things. So if your perception is limited, then you will never grow. Right. Right. Just period. People will never grow for lack of understanding mm-hmm. the bible says in all thy getting get understanding understanding get wisdom wisdom right wisdom is the principal thing in life wisdom that's true uh i for some reason i keep thinking about when you were talking about um like family curses, generous mm-hmm. stuff, when you were saying, like, the great-great-grandmother was 15, the grandmother mm-hmm. was 15, she's 15. Not saying that that is a curse, but but it's a, it's a, it's a generational thing. Yes. Yes. So how do you, for those, you know, that, like, even for myself, like, with family curses and stuff like that, how do you, well, you know, from a spiritual side, but also, like, from a, from a, a natural side, what are... Th- maybe some things that you could tell us on how to break them and how or how to fix them and make amends with with the family with yourself yeah with yourself and some family don't want to fix Mm. just some family don't want to fix what is for them if it's not broke don't try to fix it and if you acknowledge it you may get shut down right now if for yourself as an individual i had to do a self-assessment of me those inward parts of me that were non-integral, the inward parts of me that I'm like, I don't want to be like my mother. I watched things in my mother's life that she did that I did not like. So I sat and I wrote out in my journal all the things, I characteristic flaws that I saw that she did that I did not like. And I honestly was like, God, help me not to be that. I studied books. I read the Bible. I looked at other books, other authors and stuff that helped to encourage me to be a person of integrity, a person of a character. And I filtered that into my life and practiced what I read. Mm. And what we want, don't want to do, we don't want to put into practice what we learn. 
So what is the point in you reading it, studying it, talking about it, if you yourself are not going to put into practice what you learn? So it's just basically like you, you, you're trying to get something from something, but you don't want to put the work in. So. Exactly. So what is the point in you doing? You're wasting your own time. And I think that's our generation. Like we, we, we say that we want things, but we don't go out and do what we have to do to to become what you say you and, want to and, become. And nurture our craft. Yes. So develop we it. yeah, and develop it so we can be what we say that we want to be. Absolutely. So now you look in my generation to this next generation coming up. What hope do we have that you all will be able to sustain this next generation in society development mm-hmm. if you all are not putting into practice what we're trying to teach you. Right. Every day. I, I just, as just even if you could tell from the way I dress, the way I do, things I do, whatever, I'm always trying to push myself forward, push myself to the edge, redevelop, recreate, make myself, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And even as, as far as like um the show, you know, my show now, um, bless God, I have been getting so much response um, to it because of the relevant topics, how it's relating to the core issues of the church because it's predominantly church and non-church mm-hmm. show. Yeah, if y'all didn't know by now, she's a pastor. <laughs> and so I have to deal with lots of personalities on so many different levels. My ministry focus is deliverance. What does that mean? We are a church. My gift in the body of Christ is deliverance, i.e., a niche market within the church. Mm. Okay? Could you elaborate on that? Niche market, meaning everybody, you know, there are many pastors, Mm -hmm. okay? But not everybody has a quote-unquote specialty. So Mm. my specialty is deliverance. Okay, I didn't even know that, you know. Okay? Okay. (laughs) So I, my, my perspective on things would be completely different than the average because I deal in a different realm. Okay, so that's why I can talk about generational curses, abandonment issues, stuff, because we have counseled, we have walked through the pathway of so many people, families, individually and collectively. And we know that there are just some root things that have happened in families that have caused people to become who they are. Mm -hmm. Until you are able to deal with the root core of who you are, again, those secret things that you do that nobody else knows, the secret conversations you have within yourself, the thought process that you think of yourself <coughs> or <me>. others, <clears throat> until you begin to deal with you about you, mm-hmm. you will never break free of the things that are trying to crush you. So it all starts with self-reflection. Self-reflection okay. and acknowledgement. Now again, even at that meant when I went to my mother about my circumstance, she never actually acknowledged it. I had to be okay with that. And I was in the fourth grade. The fourth grade. What did I know in the fourth grade? But for whatever reason, I knew enough. Because when I was in the fourth grade, they started teaching me about DNA and biology. Mm. And the teacher specifically said, one, when you know, the child has a resemblance of both parents. Mm. I knew I didn't. So my question was, well, well, who's my father? Because I don't look like him. Mm. And that was my initial question. Who was my father? Well, why would you say that? And that began the dialogue. But she still never confessed anything. 
but I had to be okay with that. Then, 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 because one of my friends knew my parents in the fourth grade was mean to me mm-hmm. and said, well, he's not really, and this is before I even got home. She said, well, he's not your father anyway, because you don't look like him. And that's why I went home and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to prove this to be whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So again, being the kid I am and coming from the family that I came from, whether I got an answer or not, I had to be okay with it. But I had to journey in myself on if I never told the story that this man was never my father, people would never know because he treated me like his daughter. Mm -hmm. But on the other side, my mother and I never had that really good relationship like a mother and daughter would have or I think should have because of whatever brokenness is still in her that she needs to deal with. But I can't carry her burden on my shoulders. And a lot of us, young and old, are carrying other people's burdens of our family that is not our responsibility to carry. Because we love them, we want so much for them, we, you know, everything. But we are not, we don't have to become that. It's draining you, mm-hmm. it's stressing you out, it's de- making you depressed. Yeah. Because you don't, you can't handle it. So you need to start dealing with the root of who you are and where you want to go. And find somebody that is able to help you process those steps and dimensions in your life that you want to grow and move forward from. And you may have to do a separation and handle your family with long-handled spoon. Mm. And it's okay. That does not mean that you hate them. That doesn't mean that you don't love them. But the space in where you are right now They can't be there because it's toxic. Mm -hmm. It's negative and it's going to suck you right on in and it's going to take the life out of you. It's going to choke you like a python around your neck. And at the end of the day, what are you going to have with your life? Either you're not going to succeed because they've said so much. Oh, now you think you're better than us. Mm -hmm. And you can be the first person in your family to go to college and be happy about it. But that negative Stuff that keeps seeping in your mind. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm. Now, the words that you hear in your ear gate, and if it seeps down in your mind, which therefore seeps in your heart, you will there become. And you will start manifesting those things that you said that you didn't want to do. So if you saw your father beat your mother, and you say that you don't want to, but now you get your first girlfriend and you start beating on her, what are you doing? You are the same thing that your father did. Mm. And you think it's okay. You think this is the greatest thing ever. Why? Because now you've tried to yoke her around the neck of something that you want demand her to do because no one listened to you. Mm. Right. And because of your brokenness, now you want to take that out on someone else. I despise that at all at all costs but it's pattern behavior Mm -hmm. so until you become truthful with you about who you are you will never change Mm. and all you will do is you can put it in you can put it in a three-piece suit i don't care straight from brooks brothers until you deal with you you will be still the same person you will be no different than the guy living in the projects or the guy that is in jail already you just dressed it up differently. Hmm. Wow. That's, wow. 
Wow. <laughs> and you have a lot of people, these, 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 you know, high school students, college students, married folk that are dealing with serious life issues on various spectrums, socioeconomic backgrounds that are dealing in universal abuse of every kind imaginable. But until you become truthful with you on why, you will never change because you don't have a desire to. Hmm. And until you have a desire to change, that's when you change. Because if you can decide you want a blue car compared to a red car, you want to live in a white house compared to a brick house, yeah, those are easy decisions. Doesn't cost much to make that decision. But when we start talking about characteristic flaws, you know, people don't want to deal with that. Mm. And they don't want to deal with that because now the image that you try to portray in the public is all false. And you are more afraid of being alone and lonely than anything else. But there's a difference between being alone and lonely. Right. And people haven't figured out the differences yet. I understand that. Okay, so I know you got to go, uh, and we got a few minutes to wrap it up. So yeah, we got 10 minutes, so we make it a full two parts here. So, yeah, so I know, I know, I definitely, you know, we need to have another conversation, but um, you were talking about burdens. And mm-hmm. people carrying burdens from mm-hmm. the family side. Mm-hmm. Now, let's flip it to people, you know, in relationships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Soul ties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially like in our generation. And mm-hmm. for some reason, I've been seeing a lot of videos on Twitter and stuff mm-hmm. that talk about soul ties in our generation. Mm-hmm. So, in in the, not saying the quickest, but... To sum mm-hmm. up things as like the last thing, and then you can have some closing remarks after that. W- w- what? What's Sexuality up? is the closest <clears throat> thing to soul ties. One of the closest things to soul ties because you are now intertwining two people, yourself physically. You're you're excreting biologically, <laughs> right? All of those things. And when you do that, I'm taking on you. And you're taking on me. Now, let's not talk about if one of you have molestation in your family because one of you been molested. Mm. So now it's not you got the molestation you got to deal with. Mm. Right. And the offspring for some is promiscuity. So now you say, well, I'm grown enough because the state says the law says I'm grown enough to have sex now. Mm. So now you just start sleeping around with everybody. Mm. So, again, some people run to one or of two different extremes. Mm-hmm. Soul ties. So now that you are connected and intertwined yourself with this individual. You have a part of them. You have a part of them. Uh, I've been, like, on Twitter and stuff, like, they've, um, I forgot who, I don't, I really don't know who the pastor's name is, but mm-hmm. I always see him on, like, Twitter Instagram. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that um, in regards to soul ties, it's like people are Take whoever you're having sex mm-hmm. with or whatever is taking away from you, mm-hmm. like, and for some reason you'll just wake up one day angry yeah. and another day depressed. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, like, you know, it's an exchange in your orgasm. It's an exchange that you're having. Mm-hmm. It's 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 an opening of yourself that you are releasing. 
And it's something so, that everybody shouldn't have. There, let me tell you, when, when I married my husband, I was 40 years old. And we had a conversation because, first of all, we both were pastors. At, well, he was a pastor. I wasn't a pastor yet. And number one, I was like, I already done all that. Mm-hmm. Right. Wasn't going down that road because now I'm like, God, listen, it's me and you. I've got it together now. I need you to trust me with his word. I'm preaching the gospel, yada, yada. Mm. I cannot stand in a pulpit or I should not stand in a pulpit and preach about something that I'm committing a sin with. Fornication, I don't care what you say, is sin. Right. Premarital sex is sin. But because we want to do it so much, we sweep it under the carpet and we don't have enough people sharing what happens when you do that exchange. I can, can't tell you how many people we have even taken through deliverance that have gone through that sexual spirits because of open doors that have been done to them, some from molestation, some from rape, whatever, that have caused them to be promiscuous throughout their life with multiple partners. And now you are giving a piece of yourself to every person. So my question has always been, even when I counsel, by the time you get married, what do you have to offer your spouse as a sacred unit if you've done it all with people that are not even in your life anymore? If you fellatio, you you backdooring, you all the stuff that you're doing. Oh God. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the stuff that you're doing. <laughs> Backdoor. <laughs> all the stuff that you are doing. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> if you are giving every part of yourself now to people that are not even in your life anymore, relationships that are not even you're not even with anymore. Mm-hmm. By the time you get married, what is the sacredness of the union of marriage, the covenant union of marriage? What do you have to offer one another that you haven't already done and given off to somebody else? Then you get married and then he or she say, you're not satisfying enough. Well, what is there to satisfy? Because you've done it all. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. What is the intimacy that is there that is created for marriage if you've given it all out? It becomes just another sex partner. Mm. Because remember, you said you was in love with all of them too. Mm. Then some was like, well, no, I ain't in love with you. I'm just going to do it because I feel like it because I just need some. Mm. Common word. So now that you've satisfied your flesh, your flesh will never be satisfied. It will always be thirsty for more. And that's when you know you have a broken spirit. And it could be thirsty in not just sex, but you know, yeah, anything craving anything. for it because your flesh will always <clears throat> crave more when you are feeding it, just like a junkie. <clears throat> and sex can be an addiction. Right. We're about to deal with that on my show. Sexual addictions. You'll be surprised how many people are so deep involved in pornography because they have this image of their mind that has been created of things that they want that will never be satisfactory enough. So now you bring that into a marriage. And there are people that have done that. You want to watch porn videos because that's the only way that you can get an erection. Or you you think you're doing it secretly because your wife won't do certain things with you. So now here you are 
you know, in the privacy of your own domain. Again, the inward parts of the things that you do secretly, mm. that you think no one is paying attention to, right. that you carry around with you everywhere you go. And it comes out in other way, whether you're flirting with other women, mm. flirting with men, and do whatever else that you feel that you feel that you can do. Mm. Conversations that you have with your buddies, you know, calling women out their name. People ain't all bitches and hoes. What, what is that? That's true. It's a complete dishonor and disrespect to women. Right. And there has been a release of these things that we have done that says it's okay. And it is not. Yeah. And society has stamped their approval on it. And I think it's the most disgusting thing ever. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. I, I mean, we came from a woman. So why do we? Why do we disrespect them? The depravity of the human existence. Wow. I think that summed it up. So, wow, that was a lot, Mom. That was really a lot. So, you know, with these last minutes, what is like one in two, three sentences, what are the last things that you could tell, you know, my peers, the audience, whoever is listening to this, 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 crazy episode of Real Talk with Ezra. Like, what are the last things? Because you said so much. Truthfully, if nothing else, let I want you all to know that I love you. Mm. If no one else ever tells you that they love you, I love you. And I am here for you. I'm here to cheer you all on. I want to see the success. I want to see this next generation rise up and be the most, the greatest generation ever. I want to see the success. I want to read about, you know, our black children being successful, being creative, you know, doing the, the, the non-conventional things that are going to push the envelope forward to make us think and process. But we can't do it if you still get yourself locked into behaviors that are going to cripple you as a society and as a people. Mm. Clear your mind. Clear it of all. Um, and I'm not even going to say that just the negativity. It's just get a clear understanding <coughs> of your purpose <clears throat> and your destiny. Mm. Because that's the only way for you to move forward. Right. But if you don't have a clear, a clear understanding on what you're moving forward to and a clear understanding of who you are and your purpose is, you will never fulfill who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Never. And then you deprive us and future generations of your excellence. Wow. Because your generation also rests upon the next generation to come. So it's on us. So it's on you. So who are they going to look to? And what are you going to leave behind? Uh, well, my generation. Time to step up. Time to go to work. So with that being said, like my mom said, she loves you. I love y'all too. Um, and I really hope that you, you know, take heed of the words that was said in this podcast because we 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 need this. We need to hear from somebody that has experienced life. Um and let's just move forward. So, 
This has been the third episode of Real Talk with Ezra. I hope y'all have a great day and see you soon.